Hello and welcome back to another episode of the guest slot here on Wild Wisdom Wellbeing. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Karen Jackson of Slow Down, Live Deeply. And you may have seen previous adverts that I put out saying that Karen worked in a bamboo yoga oils life, but actually we are here today hearing about the recent changes as well. So uh, just before I go on to introduce Karen a little bit further, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Robin. Oh, hi, Tammy. We've got Tammy with us today. Brilliant. Lovely to see you here, Tammy. So yes, just introducing myself. My name is Robin and I'm founder of Equenergy Wellbeing Naturally and host of this Wellbeing Wild Wisdom Wellbeing Group. And today, as I was saying, I'm delighted to have Karen with me from uh, Slow Down and Live Deeply. <laughs> Tammy just saying, I made it. I'm so glad you did, Tammy. So Karen is an amazing woman that I met through an online academy that we both did last year. And Karen's work resonates with me so deeply. And I thought she'd be a brilliant fit for this group because she looks at our innate body wisdom and tuning in listening to that she focuses on gratitude which if you've been following me you'll know is a big one for me and also at the importance of our thoughts and our words and the impact that they have on our perception and our experience of the world around us so i will now hand over to karen if you would like to introduce yourself uh, a little bit further and to tell us more about slowing down and living deeply thanks robin thank you for having me as well it's so lovely to see you reconnect and spend yeah. this time with everybody so um a little bit about my past so um I have got a law degree and a master's in law. I'm quite academic. And I started to go down that route and I realised it wasn't for me. So after travelling and getting married and things like that, I went into holistic therapies, which my dad wasn't very happy about. So he put me through all that education. However, it's where my soul needed to be. So I did lots and lots of training and created a business at home. Unfortunately, I had breast cancer twice. And after the second lot, it, I was traumatized, basically. And after the second operation, I realized I was going into general anxiety. I noticed that I was in fear more than joy. I went for counseling, but that didn't really resonate with me. So I managed to kind of do my own recovery, if you like, with essential oils, crystals, yin yoga, and lots of journaling and self-inquiry. And this is where the Slow Down Live Deeply was kind of born, a combination of everything that I use for myself. I did have a bricks and mortar yoga studio, which was where bamboo yoga comes from. I closed that at the start of COVID. And I'm really grateful I did because we're a year in now. Um, and then I'm all online. And then I was just guided about a month ago. So sorry for not letting you know sooner, Robin, that I needed to change my name in line with my podcast. I'm very much a believer in living now because I realized for a long time I wasn't living deeply. I wasn't present, I was in fear, I wasn't in joy. And now I use lots of different techniques, but the same aim to get our power back, to be in the present moment. And our thoughts, our words are so, so important. Like they're so important. So that's really where I come from. I have different tools that I use. So I educate on doTERRA essential oils and I mentor people with that. I teach yoga. My passion is yin yoga. Have you ever heard of that, Robin? Yin yoga. I haven't. No, I can hazard a guess. Yin, yeah. Uh, yeah. very feminine, inward. So again, yes. the living deeply really yeah. connects with that. It's stunning. It's working with, um, and this is, it was literally one essential oil and yin yoga that helped me recover, really. Yin yoga is where we hold um, a shape for one to five minutes. So it's working with the Chinese meridian system, which lives in the fascia. So the idea is we enable a free flow of energy as well as making space in the body. 
but some of the positions we're not so comfortable in. So it builds real mental and emotional resilience and it allows emotions to flow. So we learn not to be reactive in life. We learn that emotions, just like a yin shape that you're not happy and feels really, really intense, but you know if you just come back to the breath, it will go. And that's been transformative for me. So yeah, I teach, I teach lots of things, but they're all tools, as you know, to the same aim. Um, I also am a coach and I've just recently launched my shamanic side again. I've brought that out of the cupboard. <laughs> so I've got my drum out and um, yeah, I've started to teach that as well. And then I launched a podcast in December, spur of the moment again, just like you're going to do it. So I did that within a day. That was up and that's gone beautifully. I've had a lot of good feedback about that. And I just talk, I just talk about my experience and what helps me. So, yeah, those are the tools I use. It's wonderful. I love that you studied law to a high level. Yes. But chose to follow your heart, your gut, what was true for you. And I love that you brought the word joy in there twice because I'm very much about follow your joy, follow what makes your heart sing. Don't, and and there's there so many expectations that are placed on us by our family, extended family school I know when I was growing up certainly the schools that I went to expected a high academic standard expected that you would follow a certain career path that you would go on to university etc etc and for a lot of people that wasn't necessarily the case certainly my brother he's much more hands-on he he talks computers that is his just way of but seeing everything whereas myself i struggle with the tech side of things so you know two siblings but very very different perspectives we went through the same schools primary school secondary school and for me it was much easier i think because i was more academically inclined but my brother really struggled and then of course i was the older sibling so they always said to him why aren't you more like your sister and i was don't say that because I don't want to have to live with the outcome of that, the fallout. But yeah. also that's so unfair on him. And I love that you, although you went through the maybe tr more traditional kind of study route initially, then said, no, that's not my truth. No. And took a massive 180, despite your yeah. family struggling with that. Yeah. And you did what was true for you. I Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, what you're saying is spot on. And this is um, a lot of the work I do with self-inquiry. What do we really think? Like, what do we really think underneath what we've been told to do? What do we really, you know, at, this, at the start of my recovery, I read Daniel Laporte, Desire Map. Have you ever read that book? I haven't, no. Beautiful. It's a workbook. Um, and it made me ask myself how I really feel. What do I really enjoy doing? Because you know what? Mm. I haven't asked myself. We're not. No, we taught. don't. No. We're not, taught. We're not taught. What do I want to do? And I've been studying with a lady called Sahara Rose recently. I like studying. This is, you know, I love studying. My legal trainings, you know, I was saying to my daughter who's querying about university, it, it shaped my mind, you know, mm. to, to do this. Well, I don't know yeah. doing it at all. But um, she talks about Dharma. So in, in yoga, Dharma is your purpose, your reason for being here on, the, on this world. And it could be your passion that you turn into career, which we do, or it could be a hobby that you do that brings you joy into people around you. And, you know, she says in the training, did your parents ever ask you what you really wanted to do? Did they ever do what they really wanted to do or were they just stuck in this? you know this conveyor belt and so yeah i think that it feels like a rebel you know revolution what do we want to do start to look and and really discover who you are because we get lost and how broad that can be so i know that you know at school they might have said what do you want to do but i would have thought and i you know you can tell that the expectation is what do you want to do for a career what do you and it has to be a certain category of career so, you know, as a, a client of mine years ago once said, my father expected that I would have a proper job. But there is a very kind of prescriptive sense of what is a proper job. And for her family, it was a job in an office. 
you wouldn't be doing something that was hands-on, more hands-on, more vocational rather than sort of professional. And yeah, that's very much, I think it's very important for children, for young people to be given that opportunity. You now explore what you just, what lights you up? What yeah. would you do just for the pure joy of doing that? And it can be a hobby solely. You don't have to do it as a career. If you love cooking, cook because of the joy of it. it yeah. You might not want to turn it into a career. It might kind of zap some of the joy out of it yeah. for you. But for me, like you were talking about purpose, for me, our purpose is who we are, not what we do, but who we are and how we therefore show up in doing it. So, you know, in the manifestation and the law of attraction, they say don't focus on the how, but I think that is one area where the how is important. It's the how you do it, how you do anything that you do, how you be you and bring you and your uniqueness into everything that you do. For me, that's what purpose is really all about. And that's where I would bring in that living deeply, you know, from your deepest innermost soul. I love that, Robin, that be you. That is my work. That's my work. Like, who am I really? Like the onion layers, like, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. I let go of another label. Who am I really? And our work is to be as completely and wholly as unapologetically. And that takes a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of not caring what people think, you know, of who we are and being strong. There's a beautiful book, actually, Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness that is stunning have you read that one it's a good one isn't not it? that particular one but i do love brene brown yeah. and like you were saying being yourself unapologetically i think that is the key and you were saying before about you know you basically you were talking about conditioning all of the things that we are taught that we take on board that aren't with us when we are very young but we just absorb them during that early part of our life. And then we forget that it's not actually ours. It's something we've taken on. So it's there's a piece that goes around and I can't remember the wording of it, but it's about maybe it's not about finding ourselves. It's about unlearning all of the stuff that we've taken on board because that's not who we are. It's not what we're meant to be. We're meant to just get down, you know, drill down to the deepest bit of who we are. And just to bring in some of the comments here, Tammy is saying that she crochets because she gets the joy of turning wool into hats, etc. And it's a beautiful creativity, isn't it? And I yeah. saw a post today of somebody sharing rainbow coloured wool. They've got all such such a variety of materials that you can use these days. And it's very easy to be soul focused on what others think of us. Yeah to live to their expectations because almost we think what choice have we got that that's the path that we're steered along sometimes so first i just want to say i i try to crochet that's on my list one day to learn like seriously mm. I, I, yeah, yeah i think it's so creative so yeah tell me i might be in touch and actually that's something we've all got these gifts that we can all teach each other it doesn't have to be like your you know your job it just would help someone um but what you said about other people's opinions when i teach yin yoga i teach this a lot our thoughts and opinions aren't the truth even our our own they change every second they're interchangeable they're not the truth and so i always say this why on earth do we care and change our life or who we think we are to adapt or try and conform to somebody else's thoughts and opinions that aren't true. It's like, it's just, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I teach that a lot. I think it also comes down to permission. We are taught to wait for permission for things that, that we want to do. As children, you know, wait dinner will will be at a certain time, we'll go to somewhere at yeah. a certain time, we'll do something at a certain time. You can, you're allowed to watch television once you finished your homework, uh, you go to bed at a certain time or whatever. So there are permissions that are given to us and we become reliant on that, I think, in a way. And it's the same at work. You can do certain things at certain times depending on your organisation which is maybe why we love so much being self-employed, setting up our own businesses, being entrepreneurs. But then we forget that 
actually once we're an adult and even to a degree when we're younger, we can give ourselves permission. We don't need to wait for the permission of others. And it's, there's so many things in which we need to learn to be our own permission. Yeah, I love that, Robin. I've just thought of a funny story, actually. Um, so I was about 34 myself. My husband went through a period of watching Miami Ink on television about tattoos. And I said to my husband, I can't get a tattoo. And then I said to myself, why can't I get a tattoo? And I was basing it on my father's opinions. So I've got a tattoo. <laughs> but I caught the thought. So this is why I talk a lot about your thoughts, because quite often you'll say something, it's not actually your belief. So no. I really love looking at my at my thoughts. This is a really interesting um, exercise, actually, to set a timer for one hour, for a few days, and stop and what are you thinking? Like, what, what is actually your thoughts? And yeah, quite I, I, I do it a lot, and then I try and move past that thought and say, thank you for your thought, it's not me, it's not mine. And yeah, quite often you'll hear your parents or the people who, oh, yeah. when you're young, they're there in your head still with their beliefs that yeah. aren't true. Um, yeah, so I think it's really empowering to catch your thoughts and, and think, is that me? What do I really think and journal on it? That's the thing, to, to really ask. So I think when we're doing those sorts of exercises, it's really important to be open, to be curious, and to be compassionate. Yeah. Because we may discover that we've been holding and buying into and following beliefs that aren't ours, but that have been holding us back, reducing us in some way, making us lesser than who we really are in some aspect of our lives and so we need to be compassionate with ourselves but also compassionate with the people who shared those things because they were probably sharing from what they'd learned as you said and from their own um position of lack and we've taken that on board because they were important significant figures in our lives and if we've never been encouraged to question and challenge and uh, look at why we hold those beliefs if we're not even conscious that we hold them but they're not ours then of course but as well I love the idea that a belief is like a lens it's like a window it's something that we need to take out dust off clean refresh on a regular basis mm -hmm. yeah so true and yeah I love exactly what you're saying about compassion it's actually made me feel more compassionate to my parents because mm you realize that they've got that suffering and they've been programmed and you know that that generation they're just not taught to look or consider or even think that they've uh, that they that this has happened to them so yeah and whenever i catch myself with a thought i'll just like i treat myself like a little child in a nice way and i'll be like oh you know just treat myself with compassion i'm not judgmental i don't tell myself off you could get really frustrated oh i've been believing this for years and no it's like oh bless your heart it's okay yeah and it's um yeah just heal and we are all inside of us we all have that little child don't we and we have that if that child was being told that by a parent and believed it completely it's still functioning at that age and I think that's something we need to be aware of and that supports our compassion. Because if we think that's still my inner four-year-old, my inner four-year-old, how could they know anything different? Mm -hmm. How could they know what the world was really like or, or how their life would be going forward? Of course they took that on board. It was a parent that they loved and trusted. It was probably doing the very best that they could for yeah. the child. So then I can just, like you say, just... Oh, and yeah. I've since moving to Wales, I've learned this wonderful word, kutch. So you can give, have a little kutch with that four-year-old, <laughs> and then you, from an adult, and you were talking before about being re reactive versus responsive. The adult can choose how to respond because I am now separate from that belief. I can see myself as distinct from it. Then yeah. I can choose what I want to do for my joy. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't say any better. Yeah, and Tammy just saying our inner child can be incredibly strong. That's so true. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you work with the inner 
body wisdom that we're all born with, but sometimes we lose a little bit of that connection. Oh, I love this. So we all, <laughs> we all know, we all know things. We're very, very wise. Just mm -hmm. like animals know when a storm's coming, you know, they, they know we are energy and we're connected to universal energy. And I know that everybody who's list, who's listening or um, watching will have had experiences where they think about somebody and then they either see them or they hear them on the phone. It's that intuition. And we just eat it down or drink it down or numb it down because yes. we just do. Our gut instinct is amazing. And um, it's actually been proven there's more neurotransmitters from gut to head than there is from head to gut. In this society, it's all about the head, thinking, mm -hmm. rationalizing. No, we can feel we've got such intelligence in our bodies and it's really slowing down, slow down. No wonder I call my company this way. Yeah, it's perfect, isn't it, that name? <laughs> yeah, that's what I say a lot, but really it's about slowing down a few minutes of meditation, a few calm breaths, and just sinking in, how is the body feeling? Giving yourself some space, because if we're always on the go, you just don't even know how you feel. I mean, sometimes we, we don't eat or when we're hungry or we eat when we're not hungry because of, like you say, times. And we just, it's just really about listening back to the body. And something I get quite fired up about is, um, society takes us away from our innate body's bio um circadian rhythms so i talk a lot about the lights the electric lights they fool our heads into not wanting to be ready for sleep caffeine stops um hormones building up that send us to sleep we're supposed to wake up at a certain time you know some of us are night owls some of us are early birds and we kept the fire around the camp going and we kept we you know we coexisted. so i just think every day i mean i love technology a lot but just modern conveniences even like heating heating at night stops us shutting down for bed because the sun goes down in nature and, and it gets cooler and darker and that's when the light should go down that's when we should rest so all these we've got so many bombarding ideas and gadgets and schedules that we don't even listen we don't listen to ourselves we're so out of touch so, yeah. but we, we do that because we feel we have to don't we to survive in today's world we turn that down because otherwise we'd be overwhelmed we wouldn't be able to cope but then we forget to tune back in or yeah. to listen to our heart and go this life is not working for me because like you're saying the body really does have a wisdom and it'll tell us and it'll tell us through those sensations that we have but then we take the caffeine we take the pills we numb it down through food drink any addiction so shopping even mm -hmm. gambling all of these things that are a little way of our body saying actually this isn't working i'm not happy i'm not comfortable can we do something different? Can we change something? And it only takes sometimes very small changes so long as we listen in and tune in, but our body will tell us. And what we call in the West disease, dis-ease, that is the body saying, something's not working for me, please can we address this? And if we don't, then that's what leads on into real illness and, and chronic conditions or very severe conditions, but when we can address them really early, yeah, then the body doesn't need to shout. It's, yeah, I love that. And that's um, a big part of my message as well, is take responsibility for how yeah. you're feeling and listen to the body. So two weeks ago, I felt, um, I because I, I work all day, I've got my own business, I've got a few little parts of my business, so I work pretty much all day. Then I teach yoga three nights a week. And I thought, I think I might be feeling a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> I said to my students, I'm having next week off teaching yoga and it felt luxurious, it felt abundant, it felt spacious um, and I got back on Monday to teach rejuvenated, like more in love with it than ever before but I listened, if I keep going and going and going, I'm not listening to my body and like you say, I've been seriously ill, I mean it looked really bad at one stage, I don't want to do that, I want to live deeply 
I want to live and I take responsibility for how my health is now. That's the difference. I look after and I love my- as well when you said there that it felt abundant. Mm. It felt spacious. And I often talk to people about how to feel your way from stress into flow and notice the difference in your body, how stress and lack and all of these things feel. You feel smaller, you feel crunched up, you feel you go into almost maybe not physically, but internally and and metaphorically, but it's still reflected in your body. You go into that fetal kind of whereas if you can follow what lights you up, your joy, your abundance. You just feel expansive and see potential and it, it's it feels so hugely different. And that's just your body saying, yes, that's that's the way. Yeah. We we're just not made to function as we are being asked to with all this stimulation. It's just no, and there's nothing we you know that what I'm trying to teach myself, you know, remember myself and also teach my students, it's okay to rest. Hmm. It's important, it's, it's essential. Vital. So by by me demonstrating and doing it, then you know, they're like, Oh, she's actually doing what she tells us. Yeah, it is really important, isn't it, to walk mm-hmm. your talk because yeah. otherwise whatever you say is gonna it's not authentic. There's no, no congruence. There's no integrity in it. Yeah. So also I know that gratitude is a really important practice to you. Would you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I love, well, love gratitude. I did a gratitude challenge recently in my group and it's really interesting. I like to flip things on the head a bit. So if I can remember, I'll take you through the exercises that we did each day. So the first one was, I'm sure everyone has done that, where there's three things in the morning and three things in the evening that you're grateful for. And I encourage people to go into real depth, like really glorious, descriptive words, like really feel it. Um, And then the second day, we looked at how does it feel in the body? So, for example, when I'm in real, really deep gratitude, I feel it in my heart and I feel it behind my eyes. I, I, I feel connected and expansive and abundant, all those things and in flow and part of something bigger than me. That's how I feel. Everyone feels something differently. And then I think it was, well, I can't remember which day. One day we looked at um, things that we're grateful for in other people. And I encourage people to either A, write a letter or B, phone them or see them and tell them. So you're actually expressing the gratitude. It's that two-way stream of energy. And then one day, and this was the most challenging, I asked everyone to write down a list of everything they were grateful for about themselves, their strengths, what they thought they were good at, and it really triggered a lot of people. Really, really interesting. Uh, but it's a big part of, of gratitude. Um, I've just done my latest, um, I don't think it's, yeah, it's coming out on, tomorrow, on Friday. My latest um, podcast is about being able or open to receive. So I used to be so close off, and this is relevant to gratitude. Make sure I come back to it, Robin, because I do go off. But I was, I used to be so traumatised that I'd literally closed, like you were saying, I was here, a big wall around me that I wouldn't, um, when I was going through cancer, in my head I had to be the strong one. I didn't want my kids to notice. I didn't, every time, if I cried, my husband would go to bed. So I was like, oh, I've got to be the strong one. Whereas that didn't serve me long-term, but it served me at the time. But that was my default. I don't need anyone, no no one helps me, I'm I'm there. So I, I speak in the podcast, I can remember on a family holiday, somebody saying, oh, do you want to just take a photo? It's a beautiful harbor. And I was like, no, 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 we're okay. I wouldn't even accept that. I couldn't accept anything, so I've worked on that. And then I look at myself. What am I grateful for about myself? What am I good at? Owning what I'm good at. Because if we can't be grateful of our own skills, we can't really accept or love ourselves. So to turn that gratitude inwards is is beautiful because I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for my hands that let me do yoga and type and express and cook and garden. I'm grateful for my feet that carry me on my earth walk. I'm grateful for my nice soft big bottom that's cushioned and that lets me sit down. 
Now, I'm grateful for my heart that feels so deeply. I'm grateful for my really clever brain that enables me to see life in my unique way. Even the flaws, like I know that I can be a bit controlling. I'm working on that. I know that I try and help people too much, but I need to learn to step back. But I'm grateful that that comes from the heart. We have so much about us, so many gifts. We need, well, I believe, I try not to say need, I believe it's really powerful to show gratitude to yourself as well. And if you tie that in with the secret and the law of attraction, the two the two of the exercises that you mentioned there, what we see in others that we can be grateful, that we are grateful for, and telling them, because we are focusing on that gift, and when we see something in other people that we like, it's the same as when we see something that we don't like, they say that's in us but when we see something that we like in somebody else it's because we have it in ourselves too so when we express gratitude to them for what they are showing that we love we are also kind of saying gratitude to to the fact that it's in us as well that that aspect of us and then being able to say what I like about myself. These things open, like you when you did that there about being closed, it's your heart chakra. And particularly because of the cancer and the operations that you had, it yeah. is our heart chakra. It's our center, it's our core, it's our love of life. It's our connection to life. So when we can open that up, that does such amazing things. And I was just listening to somebody earlier who was talking about imposter syndrome and was talking about being able to receive compliments. So whether it's from ourselves or somebody else saying, you know, what I really like about you is, or you, you know, you're incredible at X, Y, Z. If we can't take those on board, that again is being shut in that area. It's being shut off to all these wonderful things that are out there for us. So for me, it's about, like you say as well about the flaws, it's about exploring, well, what, what has made that be the case in me? Why has that happened? Uh, and if it's a flaw, ooh, what does that have to teach me? Okay, maybe I give too much to others, I'm generous, but where do I need to have a boundary? Why is my boundary not there? What has caused my boundary to, to be an issue? So nothing about anything that happens to us needs to be a negative. There's nothing we need to feel guilty about. All it is is openness, curiosity, compassion. We can learn from it all. We can grow. It can be fun. Okay, maybe it's challenging, but it can still be fun. Like we, we you know, you, you're, you love study. Study, we can say, oh, it's a really hard job that. But it doesn't necessarily mean it was a negatively hard job. It was just, oh, it was challenging. It was meaty. I got my teeth into it. I've come out the other side and I feel amazing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. In, in yoga, we call um, these lessons or these shadow aspects of us things that we probably don't like so much, but um, we need light and shade. Is We call it mm. a guru, a teaching, a trigger. And every time oh, sorry, I'm... Sorry, could you just repeat that word? Yeah, I call it a guru. G-U-R-U. Oh, guru. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's a teaching. And every time I'm triggered, I'm like, yes, I get to heal a bit more. Yes, I get to discover exactly. a bit more about me. And with the heart, um, something I teach a lot. So honestly, this is my latest podcast, but I talk about um, being able to receive a compliment. And I taught my friend this last year. Um, someone checked me out going down the street. And she was like, oh, look at him. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, you know. I was like, yeah, I saw him. She was like, gosh, your confidence. I said, look, I've had to relearn this. So we had a challenge. Every time somebody said something nice to her that week, because we were away together, instead of batting it off, oh, no, no, I'm not, all that ego, shy stuff, I just I challenged her, and I, I looked at her every time to say thank you. Just thank you with a, with a really gentle because if we don't if I give you a compliment Robin and, sorry someone's like that. if I give you a compliment and you're like oh it's it kind of feels the energy is off mm -hmm. and if so if you don't um, receive my compliment or accept it I'm denied the act of giving yeah. the same with the service or time um, someone's giving you energy you're just pushing it back it doesn't feel very nice 
and I did that for years so all of this again I say without judgment with lots of compassion uh, so I just keep reminding myself I don't deny people the gift the act of giving don't deny receive I'm open to receive I tell myself every day I'm open to receiving because I have had to reprogram my system from being like this to being more expansive and open and I still and do I love that. It's a com it's a practice, isn't it? And I love that about yoga. They talk about a practice. It's mm -hmm. not about an achievement because there always works in progress and there'll always be another layer and another layer because every day is a school day and we never stop learning. And that's yeah. part of my joy of yeah. life, that there's always more to do. There's always more to learn. There's always more to heal. I love that you brought that in there. And yeah. yes, that's such a, a true statement that when we brush compliments away or any any offer of support or whatever it might be that is denying that person the opportunity and and if I'm somebody who's complimenting another person I'm doing it you know straight I mean it I'm, I'm trying to lift their day to have that pushed back in my face feels like you say feels off so yes and and I think ego you know our mind you were talking about our inner opinions and thoughts and the mind is not to be trusted i was sharing the other day that einstein has a wonderful quote the intuition the intuitive mind is a wonderful gift and the rational mind is should be the faithful servant so it's not that we listen to our mind first and foremost which unfortunately is what we're taught to do yeah but that we listen to the gut and then we bring the mind in to serve that rather yeah. than the other way around. Yeah. So yes, our, our ego has a place. And mm -hmm. when it brings up things that are a little bit off and we kind of, or it, it is very fear focused, it's very negatively biased to keep us safe. Yeah. So if it's something that we wanna go, mm, I don't want to follow that, we can just say, thank you very much. Yeah but also to understand where it's coming from, where it's driving us, where it's fear or lack or whatever it is that's saying, no, 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 you know, the false modesty or whatever it might be, that we don't need to do that anymore because we know it doesn't serve us. We know it's not our truth. So there's a challenge to everybody. Mm. They thank you every time you get a compliment. Yeah, and see how things change. But, um, Actually, I want to expand on this a bit more because um, because of my all aloneness, even though I wasn't alone, this, you know, I do it all myself. Yeah. If you don't accept, you feel really lonely. I was surrounded by the most beautiful, amazing, supportive people, but because I wasn't receiving it, I couldn't feel it. And so it was me against the world. And that's not, we're never, we're not, you know, even I do believe this sincerely, even in the hardest times, there's always someone or something there for us. And um, yeah, it's just holding on to that and letting it in, you know, let that light, let that support in. Because if you're closed off, it's a very lonely, fearful um, place. And we all deserve joy. That's such an important point. And I've been there too. And I know it was me. Yeah. I was thinking, nobody's helping me. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. I was so miserable. But. <laughs> You, you come out the other side of that and you see, I created that. Yes. And again, it's compassion for that. There was a reason and I needed to go through that to come yeah. to where I am now. Yeah. But just to understand, trust, take that little step of trust and allow, even if you only like crack the door a little bit, it yeah. will make a difference. And the more you do it, the more you can see evidence and build that trust and build that belief that yeah there are people there that there are there are people who care there are people who love that because we're social beings we're made to connect we all want that we all need that we all offer that yeah yeah we just have to see it and but like say trust and believe it mm. that we're worthy you know but that's a whole nother hour conversation <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to latch on to that. That's a huge step that to see ourselves as worthy. Mm. Yeah. 
I won't get started on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, shame. Maybe another time. Yeah. Uh, so, so say a little bit more about the importance of our thoughts and the words that we use and how that impacts on our life and our experience. Okay, so I'm just writing these down. So things that I advocate for not saying, can't, should, need, must, these all, in my humble opinion, so I always say this when I teach something, this is my opinion, this is through my lens of perception, this is the way that I've taken stuff in and uh, and I um, teach it out to the world. When I say those things, I feel very disempowered. I'm not in control of myself. So instead of saying those words, now I say I choose. So for example, say you want to start running, and it's a really rainy day and you probably got your knee aches or something you can choose do i actually rest and restore and repair myself or do i choose to get started anyway there's no oh i can't do it because my knee hurts what are you choosing each option sounds empowered whereas i can't because my knee's hurting for me it takes the power away if that makes sense so I look at everything. I look at most people around me. I must drive people crazy, but I love looking at the words we use. It gives us so much insight into these programs that we're unaware of in our heads that we've spoke about earlier. So I don't believe we should be positive and, you know, I don't believe in spiritual bypassing. We need, you know, we should accept that we don't feel good all the time in every second. But I do believe we have great power in how we how we um, choose to express ourselves and the words that we use, it carries carries great weight. So yeah, I, I do, if I hear myself say I can't, I change it instantly. No, what do I choose? Because I'm in control of how I feel and therefore I'm in control of the words that I use because your words are vibrational energy. They affect the body and the mind and the emotions. Words are creative. Mm. They really are. And you'll see that in traditions, ancient traditions, even the Bible talks about the word that created the world. Mm. So, yeah, it, it creates our reality. In yeah. effect, it may not be that I say something and something appears. You know, I say coffee and it appears, sadly. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but it certainly does manifest how we experience the world around us. And I'm passionate about the words that you mentioned and, and reframing it into I choose. And again, I would be looking at how does that make me feel? I need, I want, I must, I should. It feels horrible. It feels icky. And it feels very disempowering. You can just feel that sort of sinking sensation in your stomach or that little small we-ness, as we call it in our house, versus I choose. I mean, even just how you, well, how I want to say it is I choose. Yeah. And I feel more expansive. I feel more powerful because it was my choice. And if it was my choice, I can do it the way I want to do it and I can make it fun. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was echoing. And like you said, we can't really expect to feel good all of the time. But even when we're not feeling good, if my knee is hurting and I don't want to go for that run or I'm tired, I can choose to rest and repair and to explore, well, what's my knee telling me? Why is it hurting today? What does it need? How can I support it? Versus, oh, my knee is hurting, where we're taught sometimes, you know, uh, if it was arthritis, the body's attacking you, or if um, a ligament has been torn or damaged, oh, my body is breaking down. Versus, no, my body has a wisdom. My knee is telling me, because knees can be uh, about flexibility, moving forward all of these things so we can explore where have i felt i've needed to be more flexible than actually i feel able or willing to be and yeah. there are so many different layers and, and access to wisdom that we can have through whatever our body is showing us it doesn't have to be i feel ill i feel pain these things that drag us down yeah 
And, and uh, Loretta's here as well, just saying, I need to talk to myself in a nicer way. I think that's huge that we often are our own worst critic. And that's something as well. You were talking about beliefs and pulling ourselves up on our beliefs earlier, catching them. I think we need to listen as well, can choose to listen to the, the, the inner critic and what it's telling us. And even that can be a learning if my inner critic is saying something oh but you can't you know the imposter syndrome again you couldn't possibly be xyz well, whose voice is that really what is it telling me in terms of my need that isn't being addressed isn't being met that i can now as my adult self reparent or address that need for myself or, or find a way to do it i love the fact that you said reparent because i think it is i think as we go through life and we discover that we've got these programs, we have to reparent or I talk about, I have to start leading myself. I am my own, I'm like my own parent now, I'm grown up. How do I lead myself? How do I live my life? Um, and when I say, um, when the little mind monkeys come in, oh, you can't do that, da, da, da. I literally say to myself, what if? So I change, I can't to, well, what if? And the energy, everything's lighter, it's like a bit cheeky, a bit mischievous, a bit like magical. Well, what if? You know, no pressure, just what if? Mm -hmm. And I, when I've got these things, I always say to myself, what would love do? So why would, um, why would I treat myself any differently to anyone else? Why am I so, I, I, I do this as a challenge, I've said it to a few people this week, why am I so special that I'm the only one who can't do this thing that everybody else is able to do? Am I that special? And the ego is like, no, you're not that special. So yeah, you can do it then. I kind of <laughs> reverse psychology. A bit of reverse, reverse psychology. Yeah, but it works because you you see the humour and you're like, yeah. you can't you can't argue with that. <laughs> and um, yeah, one of the big things I, I've when I was really having to learn relearn compassion for myself. What would love do? Would love call me these names? How can I love anybody if I if I don't know how it feels to love myself? And I know it's like an old, you know, an old saying. I was yeah, 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 love yourself, but it's it's actually true. It is. It's really true. And how can we have compassion or love or anything for another truly deeply unless we have it for ourselves? Because something in us will be going. Hang on, but you're not doing that. You're not expressing that to to me, <laughs> myself. And I think deep down, if we are truly digging deep and living deeply, we are love. That's who, that's the how, that's our purpose. That's where the how to show up. So to do that for ourselves first and foremost, because once we do that for ourselves, it flows naturally, doesn't it? Kind of, we fill our cup up and we overflow to those yeah. around us. Yeah. And if you are full of love for yourself, I mean, we're taught not to, oh, who does she think she is? You know, with the gratitude and confidence, who does she think she is? Look at her living her life, not caring, like actually enjoy, not following us all because we're stuck. So if you feel stuck, and, you know, I'm talking from experience because I'm no angel, if you feel stuck, if you're not having support, if you're not loving yourself, you feel anger, frustration, you're not the nice, you're not as welcoming to be around as if you're doing this kind of releasing and healing on yourself and loving you're just a different energy to be around and absolutely and people people you know some people might look at it and and go you're being cocky or who does she think she is that kind of thing but others will see where it's coming from those people who are doing that judgment it's because of where they are it's true that yeah. as well what they say isn't it it's not yeah. when somebody says something it's more about who they are than about who you are but yeah. for those who who really see and because we're role models always aren't we to somebody yeah somebody will be looking and watching and yeah. seeing that we're giving ourselves permission seeing that we are being in that expansive energy they will be drawn to that they will want to learn how to have that for themselves which is a great gift to be able to share with somebody it is and i say this quite often imagine if we were all full of our own power so not power mm -hmm. over people we know our gifts we know what we want to do in the world we're actually full of love we feel supported we feel safe we feel connected 
if everybody did this kind of work, the world would be dramatically different. Mm. It just and won't. everybody would be doing it in their own place, in yeah. their own way. So saying that is not to say that you all have to do a, um, a bamboo yoga style life or uh, life coaching or whatever it's it's do your thing where you are in your way yeah the uniqueness of every individual um I look at other people and and they're very very different like my husband is an engineer and he says oh but I couldn't do anything like that intuitive stuff I think but that's what you do every day he can just listen to an engine and know what the problem is and sort it and he doesn't need to look up a manual or whatever he just knows what to do and I would be completely lost my brother knows what to do with a computer I would be even more lost so it's each one in their own little space but then coming together so like that one little light that lights every little light and then yeah no exactly we've all got such different talents and different things relaxes like some people love coloring mindful coloring my personality i can't rest without things colored that doesn't relax me but some people it does we've all got so yeah it's about finding the things that give you joy that make you that those those things that give you space in your head and it could be anything who knows but yeah it's about finding those things and it's asking yourself the question what brings me joy what do i like doing and listening yeah exactly i was going to say and then listening tuning in to yeah. that response to what your body says. Mm. And like you were saying earlier about just maybe, possibly, you know, when, when you were talking about the, we were talking about the um, reverse psychology on the ego. And just even to say the word possibility, maybe. Yeah. It's suddenly kind of where you maybe have been sitting in a small, dark, closed space. There's a chink of light. Yeah. Chink and we get drawn to that. Yes, yes, it's bringing no back pressure. Oh, no as well, taking that pressure off. That's exactly it. Mm. Yeah, and I love that. I'm just like, what if? Yeah, myself in a in a gentle way. I'm like, no, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. I'll do a podcast. I'm scared, but um, <laughs> like, this is my life. I have these these ideas all the time. I'm like, oh, another idea. Do I really need to grow again? But um, yes, I do. <laughs> not done yet no no not by a long shot because the more the you know keep keeping going is just being alive isn't it yes it is it's the living it's um yeah but it's the magic the magic is when you yeah you try different things yeah i love that word it's another one of those words that i again going back to the fact that words are so amazing I love that we can play with words I love that words can have so many nuances of meaning so magic we talk about magic and I, I you think of maybe Harry Potter kind of magic but there's a deeper magic I love the magic of nature I love the magic of the things that you don't expect that happen the magic of love the magic of connection and wonderful, because I love that that is wonderful. And enjoy, because I read, I think it was Neil Donald Walsh in his Conversations with God series, and he talked about enjoy actually means bring joy into. Oh. That's what enjoy is. Mm. And ever since reading that, you know, how these things just suddenly a light bulb goes on, a connection is made. And he also talked about remembering. Yeah. that we're not actually we haven't actually lost these things we're not really disconnected from them we just need to kind of bring them into our focus again we need to remember them in our body yeah and in our awareness yeah i love that word and it's it's yeah talk about that a lot is powerful yeah remember because it never lost it never left us no. it's always been there we've always been whole we just forget yeah. Yep, we're not broken. We don't need fixing. It's just about trusting, being open, being curious, and remembering. Yeah. And listening to the gut. And listening. 
yeah very much you also work with the breath can you tell us a little bit about what sort of thing you do in that in that regard yeah so part of the yogic system is pranayama which is breath work and the yogis believe and it's uh, it's my belief so remember i always say my belief um that you can influence the flow of energy in the body i teach mainly for people who suffer from anxious feelings and low moods and um, feel a bit lost how to slow the breath down when we slow the breath down it sends a signal to the brain saying in this moment we are okay in this moment when as you slow the breath down we're going to stop the stress hormones we're going to release we're going to put you into the parasympathetic the relaxation response so you can restore you can have a break we've, we've all got our breath that we can work with so it's just a really simple thing to sit for a minute and just slow your breath down that's that's what you need to do and I'm, i am saying need we do need to do <laughs> it's, it's important to do yeah. yeah it's important um just to take some pauses otherwise a lot of the population are shallow breathing they're just breathing with the upper part that's the stress response we need to let the tummy be free and even things like really strong tummies they can actually stop the breath flowing so freely because you're so tight or when you're fearful you're so closed in so it's softening and making space for this breath mm letting the tummy rise and fall yeah it's um it's something so simple again it's out it's like our primal stress response uh, no not our primal stress soother no mm-hmm. we've got it built into us we know what to do we've just got to remember got to think i'm actually i'm breathing a bit shallow shallow at the moment i feel stressed i mean I think a lot of people go through the day without even realizing that they're in the stress response. Mm-hmm. It's become their normal. I'm wide, I'm wide, I'm keeping going. And it's ex- it's exhausting. That's when you can get really serious issues as well if, you're, if the adrenals keep having to support you. Um, yeah, just slow down the breath a few times a day. It'll be transformative. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the constant demands on us, the technology the way that society is set up and we live in a 24-hour world now mm-hmm. really we've yeah. got all these lights etc cetera, etc cetera. and that you use the term space we don't have that space like i was saying we've turned down our dial just to get through but it means that we're not noticing that we're breathing shallowly that we're sitting slumped all these body postures positions that are sending that feedback as well as the breath, the high we're sitting, if we could sit up, open our heart space, breathe from the belly. You look at a child, that's how they breathe. Yeah. But we've forgotten, disconnected, turned that yeah. down. So remembering that, because it'll just send that feedback loop to the body. Oh, I must be okay because I'm breathing yeah. from my diaphragm and I'm sitting up straight. And that tells me I'm okay. It's like that thing they used to do put your pencil in between your teeth that makes you smile as soon as you smile you feel better even if nothing has changed yeah and it's the same with um, yoga is really powerful and yin yoga because when you stretch when the body's still and stretching you're not in ready to mm. fight mode. the head's the head's just wherever it wants to be and the whole system is relaxing and that's why i, I love i love those because the two combined great reset for the for the nervous system yeah yeah and they've done so much research now on the vagus nerve and the mesentery and all of how these link to the brain and uh there's trauma release exercises that work on things like the psoas that hold so much of our emotion so there is lots of information evidence out there now research that shows how much our body is holding for us can tell us so again it's just tuning back in and listening isn't it yeah and i was just actually connecting when you you know you talked about words being so important and mm. creative it's body language so you don't even need to say anything for your body to be going you're not okay right now and yeah just being open if you just do that the energy lifts you you everything's lighter so if you do feel like this, just having the space to just sit up tall or even if you dare open the chest. And I, I say dare because 
for mm. some souls that I've taught yoga for, just doing that has been too much. It's been, oh, I'm not ready for that. I've got to be back here. So yeah, the way we carry ourselves is a language in its in itself that yeah talks to the world and our and our um, hormonal system and emotions. Absolutely, and it's it's understanding that. And if you've been through a trauma and a trauma, remember as well, being very subjective. So it was how it impacted on me at that time. So if that has put me into that need to to be closed to be protective then to be expansive in one step may well be far too much so it's looking at <clears throat> what put you into that place how can you start to address those issues start to do that healing work so that you can then start to open up at a pace that's right for you no pushing no forcing just going with what is right and listening again to the body yeah, after my second surgery, so I had a double mastectomy with a reconstruction. So I had about that much flesh and skin taken from my torso. Mm -hmm. So I was pulled forward. I've got radiotherapy. So my my body was literally, I, I physically couldn't do anything about it. I was like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like that. So I literally, every day that I was free um, after the first six weeks, I got to the mat and I laid with something under my back with my arms open and then when that felt freer I'd put because I wanted to do the crab you know the wheel then I'd do one arm and then I'd do another and it took a year for me to be able to get the wheel which is a pose and a half but daily consistent action so it could be looking at your thoughts it could be building a daily practice of slowing your breath down we have so much power we can mm we have so much power and that is powerful for me it's powerful from getting my body here into a wheel i'm like wow my body's amazing gone through all that and i can still do this but what it needed me to do was to care and do the action of what was required to get there nothing ever just happens we need to be aware and we also need to look at what what would we like so if we're feeling low what, what's the first mood you'd like to move to? What if hope? Like, what's your first step? For me, it was doing that without it, it pulling too much. We've always got little places we can stop along the way, but it's really looking in. What? How do we feel and how do we want to feel? And what could we do to move us there? And that's a very important point, to, to have that goal and to break it down into steps that feel manageable that feel achievable and to know that we have as long as we need yeah and every step along the way it took us time to get to where we are every step along the way to where we want to be is going to be a positive step mm. it's going to be a movement that's forward that's uh, growth that's learning that's developing and that's going to be really interesting journey all along the way so not to think i have that far to go from having had surgery where you can't even nearly maybe sit up straight to being able to do a crab is huge and might look unachievable but actually if i can just lie on my back and then if i can lie on my back with my arms open and then if i can put one arm up and then if i can put so i love the way that you described that and that Yes, my body is amazing. I think as well, visualization is a huge support for that. And was it Dr. Joe Dispenza who had the accident and damaged the spine and was told you may never walk again, but he lay in bed and just imaged in his head, visualized his spine healing. And now he's up and mobile and, and talking and speaking about his journey. So, I think it's also, like you were saying, hope never to give up, that we trust that our bodies are amazing and we don't know how far we can take it. No. We don't know what might happen. So just keep on building incrementally as far as you want to go. Yeah, and I don't know why I talked about that. It just came into my head. But something else that I just like to say is that, um, so I'm a yoga teacher. When I go to yoga workshops, I'm in a room with people who can do that like, 20 mm. times in a row 
I still can't do a handstand. They can pop a handstand up. So I had to let go and bless myself of all comparison, all comparison. Nobody has been in my body through what I've been. And I completely and deeply accept myself exactly where I was. No comparison, because that wouldn't have been very helpful. Mm. No. And like you say, nobody else is me. No. And I am not anybody else. Mm. So my journey is mine and your journey is yours. And each one is equally valid and equally important and equally precious. But just wanted to bring in here this Facebook user, unfortunately, it doesn't say the name. But Karen, you really have such a story in you. Have you ever considered writing it in a book? As I feel that you could help so many people who've gone through cancer and how to recover back to true health. Thank you. I have thought about it and I've got the shivers. It's just the space, um, the space. So what I what I did as a, not even a stopgap, I've done my podcast instead because I could do that quite easily. It's, um, it's easy for me to do. So that's how I've decided to share. But yeah, someone said to me the other day, and I have this thing that if I hear something, a few times, two or three, four times in quick succession, then I've got to do, <laughs> I've got to do it. It's like my challenge to myself. So thank you, thank you. Now it means a lot. I have thought about it. Don't have the space right now, but I won't rule it out. But no, thank you, that's um, that's really kind, it means a lot. But my podcast, that that's to share these kind of things, my the, my musings and how how I try and reprogram myself and how I look at fear and all those those things that have been so prevalent along the way. Sounds like that might be a, a synchronous <laughs> nudge. <laughs> but oh, no, podcasts, I think I think podcasts are brilliant because so many people are busy and reading is another thing to do. Whereas you could just lie and listen, or you can listen when you're doing something else. If it doesn't need your full attention, then you can still be listening to something. Uh, Laura Curry is saying it's not a coincidence. You'll most likely hear more people recommend this too. <laughs> oh, there's a message coming for you here, Karen. But there you, is. Could, you could potentially get somebody to write from what you have spoken mm -hmm. about a ghostwriter to listen to your podcast and turn it into a book there are lots of options it's not necessarily that you have to sit down and and put wow. a book together yourself I do, I do are, like when i when i was yeah. younger i always wanted to write a book so yeah well there you go short, they're like 15 minutes long with some meditations they're really short they're like boom that's the lesson for this week and yeah thank you everyone so much for that <laughs> But you know that books these days don't have to be great big professional yeah. tomes. You don't have to write a, a, a guide book, but short self-published works are amazing as well. I've got, oh. got some friends who've done that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. Taken. <laughs> So maybe once your podcasts have got to a certain point, it'll be ready to write. Now is, is the time mm -hmm. to put it into print. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and on that note, I would just like to say thank you so much, Karen. It's been wonderful having you here and such a joy to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining me. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Robin. And thank you all for tuning in. If you have any comments or questions for Karen, feel free even after this has finished to pop them in the chat below and one or other of us will respond. And if you're watching on replay, just stick in any comments with hashtag replay. Thank you. Uh, so this has been myself, Robin Harris, with Karen of uh, Slow Down and Live Deeply here on the Wild Wisdom Wellbeing guest slot. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.